0: Hello, welcome to Brown Line Church's Midweek Podcast. I'm Vince, and I'm here with Kyle. Hey. And today we are talking about how we do community in the midst of shelter in place, but also whenever, how do we do community? And uh, something that came up, Kyle, to kick us off uh, for today, uh, as I looked at the chats and the comments from Sunday, and then in talking with a few people afterward, were uh some, something that we uh, certainly mentioned is how how different community is for every person and how there really is no one size fits all and i was reminded of one of the metaphors that we went to from the new testament from saint paul's writings that uh he talks about a community being like a body and his famous phrase is how uh one body part cannot you know look at another body part and say we don't need you uh and so there's this 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 piece of a key ingredient to community is not judging other people's experience for having a different experience of community uh and that just really was standing out to me uh after we left the conversation on sunday
1: i often feel like much of american life and the church is no different is built with like a singular mindset is that when we think about community and we think about serving uh, the different parts of the body, where usually the things that are set up are really set up uh, for kind of a specific group of people, like extroverts okay. who are highly certain and highly bought in and aren't overly questioning and are people that are super high commitment people, people who uh, really. I like to have like deep, intense conversations, and that's like a really specific group of people. If,
0: if you check all those boxes, you'll do well here. That, that's what you're saying?
1: Yeah, and I often feel like in church communities in particular, there's often a sense of if you're that person, you're going to do great, because so we have this small group that is the setting for you as an extrovert to come out once a week and talk to people about ideas and uh, be in the setting where if you are an extrovert who loves to talk about big, deep things and find that a life giving things, you'll be able to find community here. And often there's kind of like, if that's not you, you need to stretch yourself. Like you need to do more. I don't think that there's a, and from my experience, it's not an ignorance of like what an introvert is. It's just that when churches are so programmatic and within our larger culture, we just don't actually have great ideas in general because all of the models we have are usually about how do we make sure that uh, like extroverts are connecting Or how do we push introverts to operate like extroverts so that they can connect?
0: Yeah, it's one of those situations where um, maybe it's a surprising one because it doesn't break down on uh, racial or cultural lines, but it's another situation of power uh, where Mm -hmm. those that um, those that make the rules um, or that come up with the programs will tend to be people who do who did really well in those settings. And so, if we're talking about churches, they've always done well and traditional church settings Um, and so the people who fall through the cracks are those that have less power have less voice in crafting how these things look or how these structures um, happen Um, and I you know like I do do think that in in that case uh, the people who don't have power would be um, uh, people who align more introverted and um, who need a little bit more of an on-ramp to feel connected with other human beings who feel a a little bit more hesitant to like jump in and meet new people Um, and yeah it, it feels similar to like i i'm i'm thinking of a friend who you know not in a church setting but in a gym setting um felt um uh over time uh felt like they could not fit in culturally uh because ethnically and racially they came from a different place than the uh than the this gym that had sort of a a really like strong White upper middle class clientele, and they felt squeezed out of that and couldn't um, couldn't access it. They, uh, when they brought up things and uh, that were important to them, that uh, that it felt like the the group should consider uh, because this person was a part of that community. It was sort of laughed off or or dismissed. Um, and I think about that a lot when I think about the experience of more introverted people in a a setting like a church.
1: Yeah, I think. <laughs> Part of the human condition is to see the world uh, through your your own experience and, and really struggle to see how other people may experience the same things differently. And so when you think about uh, decision makers, they're largely thinking about, well, what works for me? What, what did got me here? Um, and there's a sense of like, well, so this worked for me, this is what should work for other people. So we're gonna replicate the processes that would have worked for me, or we're going to coach people to work better in my world. And I think that church is is just the same as many business cultures. I often have conversations about like a professionalism. Like what is professionalism? And that there's actually the sense of what we have agreed upon as professionalism is very keyed into like polite middle class white culture. And so what it and so we say, "Oh, okay, well that's just professionalism. That that person needs to be more professional, but we don't think about what are the assumptions we have around that. There's a lot of cultural assumptions in that too. And so certainly that's true around cultural lines. Certainly I think this is a big piece why churches tend to not be very diverse uh, is because they're not great at holding tension from a duality or a mutuality of experiences. It's kind of like, this is what it looks like here. And uh, for us, I think it's really important as a church that has a lot of people that didn't grow up with the same cultural uh, experiences of faith uh, to think about what does it mean to create a community that doesn't just say what works for me uh and, but rather ask the question of what are we looking for and how can we help each other in that is a slightly different angle at it um but i also i, I also don't necessarily begrudge people because this is just a broken human experience and if we're not aware of the way our own culture shapes us, we just act out of it, and then are confused why other people don't get what we're trying to do or fit in well.
0: Yeah, uh, another thing I thought of here that that's sort of um, uh, tangentially connected to that. Um, I spoke with someone in the church uh, shortly after service on Sunday, and uh, and they self-identify as an introvert, and. Uh, and there uh they said they appreciated um particularly the back and forth between you and haley uh Kyle about um uh about like be, like being kind to yourself and like sort of you know like um figuring out what your priorities are so you can say no uh but what this person said uh what they what they brought up is actually sometimes they do need to feel uh a fire lit under them to say yes because they'll just say no to everything mm-hmm. um and and i thought that was such an that was yet another great data point of how um we've talked endlessly lately about how there are so many good ideas and so many wise things but really the the second question when it comes to wisdom is not just what is a good idea but when do i apply what good idea and this is another one of those situations where it felt like um, yeah, for th- that's going to be a different experience. That's going to be one of those things where we might be prone to looking at another in our community and judging their experience if it doesn't look like ours.
1: Absolutely. And I think the thing that um, I resonate with, with that conversation is it is about thinking through our own priorities. And it's about thinking through what do I really need? It's thinking through uh what does human interaction offer me that i'm needing um and that that's a really complex and dynamic question to ask like what i need is is really different to different people yeah and and even like what i need right now is different than what i needed in february before the world hit covid and what i needed in february was different than 5 years ago before i had kids which was different than you know when I was in school. Just, it's a dynamic conversation. And so I think that for me, um, the place that I often fall short on this is that I hold up the values of like a previous season in life. And I think, oh, what used to work for me? Or I think, uh, what did I use what what have I done? Or, you know, even when I'm younger, it's what well, what did I see modeled by my parents? Like, and that's what I should aspire to. And I think to me, Asking the question of, like, what am I needing right now in, in in relationship with the Holy Spirit? So it's not just, like, what do I want right now, but really what do I need right now, which might be two different things. And I think that's the catch. For an, for an extrovert like me, what I want is to kind of always go to a ba- backyard barbecue all the time. That's all I ever okay. want to do is be with 20 yeah. people Lots in the backyard. Yeah. Uh-huh. Interrupt at least 40 people. With an idea and a story <laughs> that I have, that I just start talking over them, and it's just this very, you know, multivocalic. It's a that's a cultural term for families and people that like to they don't wait for people to stop they talk over each other. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I want. That's not always what I need, though. You know, what I need is often places that are are asking for me to be quiet, asking for me to be intentional, and so the question there for that introvert is this prioritization for them, you know, what they may want is to just say no all the time and do nothing. But what they may need is to be brought into larger experiences. But that is a really difficult thing to figure out on our own. And so to me, that process of having other people and counselors that help us understand ourselves and then also looking to the, the dynamic guiding and vision of the Holy Spirit to try to ask those questions and then not let our emotions in the moment decide why we decide. are doing or not doing. So for me, it's the emotion of, I just want to go to a barbecue and not do that thing that's more intentional. For an introvert, it might be the emotion in the moment that says, I just want to stay home.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's very good. I I remember you saying that on Sunday. I thought that was a really, really well-described um uh, pursuit of we want to get away from being being people who just make a a knee jerk decision in the moment based on what we're feeling right now um, about community and instead we want to be people who are making decisions based on lots of feelings uh, monitored over time uh, based on priorities that we that we actually care about and you know and and are holding to um, I love that I just think that, that that's exactly what we want to shoot for. I'm also struck by just how connected um, judging ourselves and judging others when it comes to community experiences. Like when, when you were talking <clears throat> about that, like, hey, this is this image from like what I remember as a kid or, or this past season of my life that i wanted, you know, I can hold that up against myself and therefore feel really rotten because of all those shoulds or all that, that right community that Haley was talking about that I don't pan out or I don't meet uh, or or you know, tick off the the boxes for, but I also might take those and hold those against another who's doing things differently, or who is doing things in a way that I don't understand, or or seems to me not to be doing anything at all. And that's where I think we get back to this Paul image of like, you know, can the can the hand say to the foot, we don't need you, and you're you're not helpful here. And and Paul's point is obviously no, we can't because we serve different functions and we are different body parts. And uh, and I I'm wondering, like, do you have any because this, this, I think this comes up and really subtly in a community. Like you know, most people who are part of a group of people, particularly like a church setting, you're not like actually like uh, outright, you know, looking to judge other people and say bad things about them. It's super subtle. It's super like under the surface. We don't realize we're doing it. Um, but uh, but in terms of those ways that we might uh, sort of like recognize, like oh my goodness, like I think I'm holding somebody else up against a, a comparison or a standard and maybe I, I'm, I'm, I'm viewing, I'm looking down at them. Have you, have you learned anything that might like help you to kind of when you recognize you're doing that, stop that in a moment and maybe and, and veer in it in a better direction?
1: It's a great question. Yeah, I, I think certainly uh, for me as somebody who grew up with a lot of church experience, there's a sense of uh, judging people that are like would not consistently go to a small group during the middle of the week, or judging people that maybe were infrequent or not weekly attenders on Sunday. Um, and,
0: <laughs> church is just
1: so—it's so interesting. The culture, man. You know what's interesting is is what church struggles with, and this has been true of, of pretty much all uh, experiences of faith throughout history. And back in the the Pharisees to us today. Is there something about uh, any unit or community where people look for a sense of uh, uh, self-importance? Like, this is not like, okay, we just, we all want to feel important. And, you know, I often talk about it. Maybe it's sometimes hard to feel important uh, in the big world, but like, you know, I may not be able to get famous in like the real world but i can be church famous and so fascinating there's there's the sense of like with certainly in like very immense uh, immersed church culture there's a lot of like keeping up with the joneses or whatever within the church because you want to keep your church cred and like there's certainly a like a judgment of those uh, there's a whole long list of what those judgments are uh but they motivate like into me a sense of what that looks like and i actually think what has mostly challenged this has been my experience of Brownline is is asking the question of uh, this the sense of like why do I think people should come to a service every Sunday? Like really why? Like what is that offering to them? And is there ever a time where I think maybe not coming to service is actually a better choice? Or somebody is there ever a point where maybe my expectation that uh, investment and value in this community is, is a direct tie to showing up to a weekly small group and what's been really helpful is we just have so many people in our church that don't come with the same church cultural assumptions that i have that usually the question that's being asked is like you know what is the value of this like what is this offering like what is this doing and not like in a selfish way there can be a way of saying like oh like what is this giving me but like truly like why am i actually doing this and i think i we we find that like maybe people are less like we have people that maybe don't come to church every single Sunday but that doesn't mean that they're not invested in experiencing the community it just means that maybe that's part of what life is for them or maybe in different different seasons going to a weekly small group doesn't make sense for them and so I think you and I begin to actually ask really different questions I don't know was it like a year ago or two years ago of like less you know, is everyone going to a small group, or is everybody showing up to church every Sunday? Uh, those felt like very kind of culturally Christian uh, kind of keys of whether there's success, but rather asking, do we think that that person has anybody in their life that they're actually sharing big decisions with? is do we think that there's somebody in this per- person's life that would that they could help each other in a hard time? and that's a much more dynamic question that leads to health and then for us, I think that that kind of shifted how do we help support community? And that it, it's not always necessarily a sense of like, do we offer another program? It's a way of how do we encourage people to actually connect with the other networks in their life as well as our church to make sure that they're experiencing the things that community is meant to offer us.
0: Yeah, once again, resisting that one size fits all approach. Uh, boy, I'm I'm really hung up on, uh, in a good way, on your your little beat on like self-importance. Mm. And I really think that that wa that that's really enlightening as to why we you know like any one of us you know like perfectly like agreeable and what like you know again like no I don't know anyone in our church who's like a you know like a mean person you know but but why any one of us who might might like end up accidentally falling into judgment and judging of other people's experience of community because it doesn't look like yours. And, and I wonder if that, that, like, importance piece is a really interesting, like, window into that of, like, we do, we all have that, that peace in us, that ego in us that, like, we really want to, we really want to feel, um, we, want to, we want to feel right, we want to feel special, we want to feel important, we want to feel like we are, you know, doing what is best, we want to feel wise, we want to feel, you know, at peace with our own convictions, and uh, as a result of that, like, that, that drive is so strong that that you know like we we can't help but use that as the lens that we look through when we're viewing other people and when we're thinking about their behaviors and their activities and uh and i just think uh, yeah that that is a that's an interesting one in terms of like a practical thing that we can do to help make a a community as safe as possible that doesn't engage in those judgments so that we 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 depart when we because when we start to do that that's when we depart from the or that's when we start to make the community feel like it's one size fits all, uh, and people start to fall through the cracks and feel stifled. Um, but yeah, a, a practical way to do this is just kind of like recognize, like, what makes me feel important, or what or what makes me feel like I'm doing things right, and you know, and and kind of asking yourself that critical question: Am I holding that lens toward another?
1: Yeah, I think when I when I think about the moments that I've fallen into judgment, it has either been a sense of self-importance and like you know a way of uh look at all the right look what i'm doing and and somehow other people not doing those things uh the judgment comes out of a sense of like reassuring myself of how reassuring that that's a good word reassuring yeah the the other side of it is also i think sometimes it comes out of unprocessed disappointment Hmm. like if i'm feeling disconnected if I am experiencing something that's hard or like I'm longing for more close relationships or some of those other things. Uh, I think one way that unprocessed disappointment happens is then judging other people that the reason I'm experiencing this disappointment is the failure of those around me and not to say yes, yay or nay to like whether or not somebody else has, done something wrong or right but i think when we experience disappointment often we have the opportunity to really grieve and lament like hey i feel disappointed uh i I had expectations there that weren't met and that feels hard for me and i think if we don't do that then often that kind of just creeps into blaming the world around us often and i think that the risk for me in those places is really uh making sure that i'm staying humble and i'm staying in a place that is recognizing that, like. It's not the world around me's fault necessarily for my own emotions. And even if it is, those are still things that I'm trying to process and work through. Uh, And that's important for me to do that in a way and acknowledge the disappointments I feel and not let those turn into some sense of blame.
0: Yeah. And and in those situations, those are um, they're so vulnerable because uh, it it is often like, you know, when you're feeling disappointment, uh, there's there's hurt attached to it. There's feeling let down attached to it and um, and and you can feel so um, so vulnerable to more hurt or to more disappointment that it is it is truly something to be able to express that and to be able to to uh, to bring that because that that's what actually cuts the judgment out uh, you know uh, b- before it starts and makes the community feel safe if you're able to bring that to another person and and, and start talking about those feelings. Uh, but that is I mean that that truly is one of the most um vulnerable asks that might you know come to any one of us is uh is actually bringing such a thing up um another um another uh practical um item that i learned at one point um it, it's sort of like a a phrasing i'm i'm thinking about how how haley encourages like are uh along the lines of like language can how we talk can kind of influence that what we start to believe and what we uh and and, and how we how we operate Uh, And this is similar to that. Um, It's if you notice um, yourself, uh, or you kind of are are able to recognize, oh, I I might be judging this other person. um, The the suggestion is to turn the judgment into a wondering, um, and it's just a different way to kind of talk to yourself internally in your own mind uh, that will that will change maybe the way that you experience it. So if if uh, if I'm thinking about you know Kyle and and I'm feel and I can tell that I'm feeling judgmental of him. What I'm, what I will do instead is to say, I wonder why Kyle did that. I wonder why, and and even even like the way that the, those words come out of me when I say them out loud is a very different tone than, oh, Kyle, he's always doing X, you know. And uh, and what that allows me to do is to, um, to you know, my 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 I can follow suit with the language that I'm using, and uh, and that really works. I found that it can really help me. Um, Kind of turn down the the, the dial on any judgment that's going on in me, because again, often we're we're a little bit of a step removed from it. We don't realize just how mad or disappointed or hurt we're feeling when we're judging somebody, um, and this allows me to just kind of sit and, and and see the other person as a person. I wonder why they would do that, and then I might fill in the blanks and I think, oh, okay. Oh, look at that. I'm having I'm I'm having empathy. I'm having compassion for this person, and that again can also cut the legs out from um, an an experience that could lead to judgment in a in a in a communal setting. What other uh, what other things are coming to mind for you here uh, in terms of uh, help to kind of do that, that diverse body parts uh, thing that Paul talks about?
1: I, you know, I think if I, I would almost just ask us to do like a, a, a scan of ourselves, I think is really the biggest thing that's been most helpful for me and not taking a one-size-fits-all for myself as well as, you know, thinking about our church of like what does it look like for that is trying to recognize. so. What does a community like ours offer? You know, some people would say like, well, churches, they can have programs. They, the way they do communities, like it's a really clear way. How do I get connected? This is how I get connected, um, which is great. And that works for some people. It does not work for all people. Um, but I do think what a, a community can do for everybody is say, this is a group of people that are all going to choose to try to be intentional in figuring out what we need and prioritizing that. And so what that might mean is that for some of us, we are actually going to figure out that what we need is uh, to be serving more and that the church becomes a place that that happens. Or you might be somebody, you know, like for me, like my other, like for a lot of people, they, we talk about how uh, either the church becomes a place that they serve or for some people they're kind of serving people in every other part of their life. And then the church becomes a place where they actually can, let go and find peace, uh, and that 's great too, um, and I think for some people, they really want to be challenged like you know it, it, often there's this conversation around like uh, Bible studies like I really want to go and engage with the Bible we have our Bible for normal people group, and some people that really is important to them is to challenge them and and for other of us that 's actually not really what we 're looking for um, and just to recognize what are we actually needing, paying attention to those, and then pursuing the pieces that meet those needs with an eye for growth and an eye for for what, what's actually going on within us and then grant permission that other people may actually just be needing different things and that the truth is what makes us a community together is not that we are all getting our needs met in the same place but that we're all encouraging each other to examine that. I think one thing for me is that an, an experience in church for me at our church has helped me come to a place where I can more readily experience my family as a support and that that has actually become a key part of my own sense of community is my own family in a in a way that has been even more robust more recently and i think to me that that was something that i had to use the church in a lot of ways to practice i do use the church in a lot of ways to help me work through uh kind of some of the challenging dynamics of family to figure out what does that actually look like and so i think part of this is also recognizing What are some of the ways that we're encouraging us may actually be inviting us to find support and resources from our wider networks as well?
0: Well, the the really enticing thing about what you're describing is that if so, if if we can play the ideal game and that's happening. Um, and we are all kind of getting our needs met in different ways. And we're, we're doing that scanning ourselves thing. And, uh, and so we're, we're kind of coming honestly and looking for what we need from the community and others are doing that too. And we're trusting and respecting the others to do that. We're not judging We're we're, you know, doing our best to kind of let other people do the, the different things that they need to get what they need. And what happens then is that we all start to become like we we all start to become people who are meeting each other's needs when we do that because we are we are no longer trying to, we no longer have some like long list of, of tick boxes where we're like assessing each other and, and the community no longer becomes something where we're comparing ourselves to each other. The community just becomes something of like, hey, this is a place where needs are met. And so whatever need you need met, well, chances are there going to be other people here who her, are the way that they're engaging here, they can help with that. And likewise for me, in the places that I need something met, there are going to be other people here who are well positioned to help me. Uh, that that I think is really I mean that that's a fantastic image of community and and it seems like the number one thing that's being rooted out there is that comparison game and and how how that how that like ruins our own experience of it and how it can it can uh, like you know uh, corrupt uh, us so that we ruin other people's experience of it we, we just need to to banish the comparison game,
1: I you know as strikes me about this is when we begin to think about our pursuit in community as Helping each other meet each other's needs in this process of of what's going on, it actually really uh opens up the world for who can meet my needs. I think that another thing that is true in church culture is there's like a real sense of like these are givers. the people who can meet your needs yeah. yeah there's givers and there's takers there's like oh look, those are the small group leaders, those are the pastors, those are the people that come and they help us all feel connected, they help us all meet needs like it's a it's like a, I don't know, a dynamic, a not dynamic process for how we think of needs given. It's a hierarchy of it. Whereas what this is telling us is actually, it's it's kind of a flat plane of who can meet my needs. Who else here is looking uh, to get more into volunteering? Who else here is looking to network? Who else here is looking to have fun? Who else here is looking to grow? Who else here is looking um, to just uh, like, Uh, share the hardship of life with each other. And then you figure out, who are the other people looking for that? You know, far too often it's like that, there's like a sense of like, hey, I want to be connected, and there's that one guy over there that's like the cool person that I want to connect with. And you're like, is that his, what do you, I, I don't know. That that cool person that seems like they have a lot of friends right now, I'm not sure their need is that, that intimate connection right now. You're probably better off thinking about how who else here is looking for the same thing I am looking for. And then all of a sudden who gets to meet those needs is actually a much more robust game. And for me as a bastard, that's awesome because it also means that we have a community that people are allowing me to get my needs met as well. That I don't actually have to like live in this place that so often pastors live, where like the only people that they can be honest and open with and get their needs met are other people at their equal level of esteem. And, and that's, just, that's just not who I am or how I like to live. And it, being in a community that honors that, I think is exciting for me as a pastor because it means that I get to get my needs met as well in my own pursuit. And that my ability to help other people is really just a product of me pursuing the things I need.
0: Yeah, I think that's great because it, it uh, what you're describing does not remove the, um, the reality that, you know, like any community that is uh, healthy and has some longevity to it is going to have elders, uh, you know, mm-hmm. like pe- people who have gone before and have experience and wisdom, you know, built up from that. And it's going to have people on varying levels of De, you know degrees of maturity and integrating the lessons that they've that life has taught them or you know like levels of i don't know like just experience connecting with god and passing that on to the people it's going to have varying levels but the the what, what this allows us to do this leveling playing field is to remind us that in 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 a in the most basic sense we all are human beings who have needs and none of us are ever not going to be that none of us it like you know get out of that boat and move on to some you know enlightened plane where we no longer have needs no that's every single one of us now when it, when it comes to a given need uh, the hopefully in a community you can turn to somebody who has more maturity and experience and health and and resources to help you with that and likewise when you are uh, talking about a specific need that you have you can turn to somebody and so what this does is it it, it just reminds us that you know i'm i'm thinking back to to um so a, a theological insight that you're responsible for in our oh. church which is why communion is so important and communion i, I think especially for people who've been to church so many times in their lives you know it, it it's been such a rhythm for so many years uh it, it's just sort of a thing you do but one thing that you've been really really like focused on is reminding us like communion is is i think i think I'm I'm speaking for you correctly when i say it. i think it, it's the most important like of all of like the the ancient sacraments or rituals that are there in the in in the in the christian tradition it's number one for you i think that's right am, am, right. am i speaking for you correctly yeah, yeah. so yes. uh communion And the reason it's so important for you is because it is that uh, every uh, like regular reminder. It's not like a one time ritual, like some of the other sacraments in the Christian tradition, like marriage or baptism or these other things are like things that happen once in your life. And and those are those can be really important things to mark. But you love communion because it is a regular thing. It's every week. And it's the reminder. Actually, I never I never cease to need that thing. I always need to remind myself that I need help that I cannot give myself and that is one of the you know sort of key starting points for why we need community
1: yeah well and then even the second part of that gets at why communion is so important to me is that it is the space that we recognize our community around us. It, it is a do. Du- it's a dual experience. It's a vertical and a horizontal. It is a okay. recognizing before God that we need help that we can't give ourselves and looking to God to meet us. But then it's a horizontal experience to recognize we don't do this alone and that actually we have. And this is the really key part is that we have a community of very diverse people coming from really diverse backgrounds. Like this was the thing that was so like mind blowing in the early church, is people from different religious backgrounds, cultural backgrounds, and socioeconomic backgrounds that didn't just look to the rich Greek people uh, to help them, that it was actually a mutuality in that experience, that actually there there isn't givers and takers, there are all just people made in the image of God that are here to be with each other. And I think to me, this has been the most helpful experience and or maybe lesson I've learned in community is that in every single human being, I get to learn more about who God is and then thus learn more about who who myself is and um and I think that it is important to think through like who are the mature people that have done this before me um but as someone who grew up in church there's there is some danger in creating a um uh this experience where I feel like I can only learn by somebody from somebody who has certain kind of things about them, and I think the truth is once we can actually realize uh, that, that. And <laughs> actually, as somebody who's often been a leader in my entire life, when when I believed that I had something special to help other people. That was actually a really draining experience. It's actually a very you know uh, corrosive experience for my soul. It's actually much, much, much freer for me today to go into experiences and, and feel like I have as much to learn in that process. And I'm not like the person that has things to bestow, but this is a, an interaction of two people made in the image of God. And then I walk out of those experiences feeling encouraged and enlivened. Like, being a pastor isn't this heavy weight for me. It's actually this thing that gives me life because I get to step into those experiences as a broken person uh, just frequently. And that that feels really life-giving to me.
0: That's awesome. All right, one last question for you, Kyle. Do you have any more obscure Friends references for us?
1: (sighs) Okay, so all I got to say is that we, we should we should appreciate friends for what it is mm-hmm. a, a, a piece of fiction <laughs> <laughs> and recognize the longing it ignites in us, which is the desire to be connected.
0: Wow. Who would have thought that we could make friends and meaningful experience, but ladies and gentlemen, we have Kyle Hanawalt to do so. So we're just so grateful for you, Kyle, for those words of, uh, of deep wisdom. Okay, that's going to do it for this week's Broadland Church Midweek Podcast. Uh, If you're enjoying this, please let us know. Uh, If you have some feedback, please let us know. We want to continue the conversations as we go. Until we see you on Sunday, have a good week. Later.